Welcome to Candyman, a podcast where we're not talking about Candyman, the movie where Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd had to hold still for 45 minutes while a tiny bee vacuum vacuumed bees off their faces. Instead, we're going to be talking about Sweet Tooth on Netflix. I'm Alex. The way you talk about Candyman, it makes it, Candyman, it makes it feel like it's all bees. It's a movie just all bees. I mean, I there's a lot of bees. That. There's a lot of bees. Yeah. Uh, I'm Justin. I'm Pete. Oh, man, I can't wait to eat these m and Oh, my great. God. Stop it. Put it down. Put it down. Put it down. Put it across the room. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about season two, episode four of Sweet Tooth, Bad Man. And we're going to be man. reviewing at the end of the episode, a classic peanut M&M's. So Woo-hoo! if you don't want spoilers for either the episode or peanut M&M's, definitely don't yeah, listen to big this. Spoilers <laughs> coming up about the M&M's. <laughs> What's inside uh, the M&M's? Stay tuned and find out. <laughs> <laughs> but in the episode, brief bit of recap here. So uh, basically, as you can probably tell from the title with Bad Man, we're focusing on everybody either being bad or breaking bad in different ways. We're picking up on a lot of the cliffhangers for the last episode. We start off in Factory Town, um, where Amy and Jep are trying to get out. They're trying to get together with these, what are they called, Air Buds? Nope. Yeah, they're airbuds, dogs that play um, basketball. basketball. There's no yeah, rule. There's no rule that they can't play basketball. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great point. There's no rule they can't be the army you march into mm-hmm. Abbott's uh, stronghold with. Um, these people are air lords, I believe. Air lords. I'm going to keep lords. calling them airbuds throughout the podcast, though. Anyway, they are trying to track them down. Ultimately, they get taken in by them. There's a bunch they of kerfuckfuls that lead to Jep revealing to Amy that, in fact, he used to take hybrid kids. And Amy is like, by the end... You're not a fit father for You're Gus. I'm going to take it from here. See you later, Air Bud. And then meanwhile, Gus is also dealing with some stuff of his own as the animal kids found out that he was lying oh, about their yeah, chameleon but... friend, lizard friend, whatever he was. Yeah, um, right. Regardless, he is still being trusted by Poppy, which is the best thing oh, that's ever happened in the history dude. of the world. Oh, my God. We got to talk about Bobby's Shawshank yeah. moment. Yeah, Bob, Bobby had a Shawshank moment. He also did that. He turned his back on him. Oh, walked away. The, I was like, Bobby, come on. I know I'm jumping about this in the middle of the recap, and I always get peed on this. The Shawshank moment with Bobby was the yes. best moment on TV in oh my the past decade. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> See, I'm the least Bobby guy here. You're Alex, you're like all Bobby. Pete, you're medium Bobby. I'm little Bobby, little on Bobby. But that moment was the fact that they were right there on the table. It was, was right so there on the ridiculous. table for them, and they yeah. just did it. They great. did it. They were like, Shocking. Got to have the Shawshank shot. Made me so happy. Oh, God. Oh, uh, God. And I think that's it for the episode. We should move on with Peter. <laughs> yeah! No, no, no. no. Oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Bobby gets out, but at the same time, Bear gets in to the last Ooh. men. She is training. She is killing it there. She is on a mission. Clearly, I think we haven't said this out loud, and obviously she can't tell anybody, but it's clear that she's like, I got to get to the Essex County Zoo at all costs. It doesn't matter literally what it costs me other than this audio tape that I'm going to hold on to of Birdie. I think it's Birdie on the tape, right? Talking to Gus, if I remember correctly. Um, And she trains. She loses track of Blondie, who's kind of bummed out about it. Well, he sucks. He sucks at being the last man. Yeah. Bears are sick at it. It's great. But by the end of the episode, they've been sent on a mission to infiltrate a hybrid family and take back a hybrid who can talk. Obviously, we know it's not Gus. 
but Bear thinks it's Gus. Uh, and the biggest stuff, I think, arguably, is going down with Singh and Ronnie. We speculated on the last episode. Is Ronnie having like a little bit of a break with Singh? And I think this episode, yes. Uh, you know, she is not on board. She sees that Peter, Peter Crocodile has been sacrificed to make uh, this cure. No, that was and that's the thing that she's just like, she backs off. What do you do when a Peter goes down, Pete? The fellow a, Peter. You got pour a, a little out for the homie. You know what I mean? A little M and M out. Drop yeah. an M. Yeah, drop an M. Oh man. Uh, anyway, Ronnie though is also revealing herself as kind of a master manipulator slash mastermind. She finds out that Johnny is actually Abbott's brother and manipulates this whole dinner. Yeah, to basically make Abbott realize that he loves his brother, and it kind of works. Well. <laughs> I was also like, what? This is the plan? I was like, what, this yeah. is a love plan? Yeah. It works, though, man. The plan That's how the is show to works. get somebody getting emotional about their brother so then you can work your plan. It's well, plan but it's out of the plan. Yes, but is her secret plan then to make Johnny happy so that he'll be nice to the hybrid kids? Like, I, that's what, like, her plan no, is not I yet revealed. So, okay, so over the course of this dinner, first of all, she finds out that Johnny, he makes a little slip, and he's like, yeah, that's my brother, I know, we're kind of different, whatever. <laughs> she stores this information away that she, she and Singh, after Singh legitimately just seems to discover a cure for the sick, which is wild. yeah. Um, though obviously he's got to mass produce it somehow. That's, you know, the stumbling block we have at this point. It clearly still depends on killing hybrid children, which is not great. Um, so that's going to be another stumbling block there. But Abbott decides yeah, to celebrate. Probably feel a little different if the guy's name was Alex. Wait, what? What? The, the crocodile? You're like, oh, it's not that big of a deal that he kills some, you know, animal children. No, I said it was a stumbling block. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm saying if it was Alex was the name of the alligator, which makes more sense if you ask me, uh, <laughs> it, you would probably rank a little higher than just the stumbling block. Okay? Right, I that's would like argue how also, your, name, your name is Harry Human for the alliteration as well, right? That's right. <laughs> I would also, Alex, killing a crocodile boy, to call that a stumbling block, I would say is minimizing it perhaps a little bit. A stumbling block is something that you step over or around uh, pretty easily. Sorry, what do you refer to uh, killing children as? Because I always, I always call it stumbling blocks. I'm going to listen to you. We're like, what did you do today? And like, oh, I had a bunch of stumbling blocks. I had to I was like, oh, no. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. They're stumbling over blocks. I'm stumbling over their blocks. Anyway, so regardless, Ronnie finds us out, stores away this information, designs the whole menu, makes it into like, I guess the idea there is like home comfort meal or something. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. This plan relies on a lot of big emotional swings. And uh, our guy um, really coming through with the, the real cheese, Dudley. Oh, coming yeah. Through with I mean, a, how about that? Real I did. This is jumping ahead a little bit, but I really like the moment when Gus escapes and he runs by Dudley and Dudley's like, <laughs> with his tray. Very well, fun. he's in the middle of um, Top Chef The Crumble, uh, just <laughs> trying to uh, win and not be killed by Abbott. High stakes uh, Top Chef. It's great. But like I was saying, though, so she makes this meal. She gets Johnny and Abbott to admit that they're brothers. You know, Johnny's obviously willing to do it, but Abbott uh, is like, oh, did you find out now? All right. And goes into his whole arch and thing. then he but takes it, off his glasses for like a long period of time and is very freaky. Well, and this is, it was an alarming moment to the last episode. In this episode, 
they clearly are doubling down on that idea. Like yeah. he was faking being human the last episode. This episode, he's which I was shocked about. I thought there was going to be a turn in the scene at some point where he's playing them in some way, but he's mm. not. He's legitimately fondly remembering the time they were in a band together. They thought they were going to be in Simon and Garfunkel or like I Simon and Garfunkel. They probably didn't think they were going to be in Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> that is a weird dream because that band famously didn't have a lot of other space. You know what I mean? You know what this band needs. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't looking for like a drummer, you yeah. know. <laughs> My dream is to star in Cagney and Lacey, be one of the two main stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Simon Garfunkel, Abbott, and Glasses. <laughs> what a great foursome! The and just that story was very heartfelt. Again, I spent the whole scene waiting for like some sort of classic turn, but it didn't come. And I appreciate the level of storytelling it leads to that not coming. Well, and I, I think the telling statement was, um, I'm the hand and he's the heart. And I think yeah. uh, you're a, not going to, the hand is dangerous. The heart is very reachable and changeable. And I think that's what uh, the the goal, the, Ronnie's plan feels like it's like getting Johnny, Ronnie and Johnny, uh, to um, be like sort of like, you're on my team and yeah. we're going to like do good She wants here. to steal his heart, basically. Yeah, uh, right. Indiana Jones style. Yep. The uh, numbshi by bro. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's funny when I thought first thought of, I imagined Indiana Jones taking a heart and putting a bag of sand in its place. But what you said makes way more sense. <laughs> 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 the actual heart stealing. Wow. Yeah. Weird. I went to the heart stealing moment, and you when went I... to the old sand trophy kind of move. Yeah, I was thinking uh, about the Duke the Fridge moment when you guys were oh, saying oh, that. Yeah. putting no, a heart definitely. in the fridge and then. Everyone's favorite Indiana Jones moment. Yes. The, uh, but I, I do think that's a long con situation, uh, Ronnie. But does Ronnie have a long time left? No. Well, she definitely has and, way longer than you would think. She has been yeah, around for a very long time. Care. I do think – we talked about this a couple of episodes back, but I don't know if Ronnie's making it out of this season. I don't think so. Well, especially uh, the way she was like, I just want to look at the stars. I was like, are you dying? <laughs> well, and what she like? Does she cry blood tears? What happens with their blood on her face? That's from the doctor who's uh, careless from killing the. the yeah, yeah it the wasn't clear. Yeah, it took me Peter. a little while to. <laughs> his stumbling block, you guys remember? Yeah, yeah uh, but no, she she finds out. <laughs> stop saying that. She he clearly was touching Peter Crocodile. Got some blood oh, on his yeah, head, and she that's. That makes way more sense. Peter, that's yeah. Um, no, he was just rubbing Peter, and that he was oh. getting the Peter juices all over his head. Is that better, Peter? Yeah, there Great. you go. Great. Thank Great. You. Anyway, it's a, so show. It's a show for children. Television <laughs> <laughs> podcast, show. clearly. So, and that's what she got on her cheek, and that's what makes her realize: oh God, he's still the way that he's made this cure, the way that he's, he's still solved murdering this. children. Exactly. And for her, she is personalized. As one should, the hybrid children. We get an example later on with the guy who looks like that guy from Workaholics who's hanging out with Hulk, the two <laughs> soldiers, yeah. that come in. And they don't see them. They're straight up like, ooh, I would love to eat these children, which is ogre behavior. Yeah. Um, so a lot of what we're getting in this episode, and we talked about this on the last episode of the podcast, is just driving home the theme of the title. Like, Badman... Yes, there are some people, like I would say those two soldiers, those are bad men. But everybody else, 
on the surface, Abbott is a bad man, but there's more to him. Does that make yeah. what he's doing good? Probably not, but it's something to think about. And our two main characters, if you want to call them that, Jeopard and, and Gus, like do something bad. Everyone thinks they're bad, but they're, we know they're good because we mm-hmm. like them and they're our main characters. And I like the duality of both of them getting busted by re- their secrets being revealed um, in this episode and dealing with the consequences of that. Which, for Jep, he's left behind has to drive rather than fly, which is a bummer. If oh, you've ever, yeah. you've ever traveled by long. car. It's you ever traveled by car? That's a, that's a thing. Exactly. It takes a long time. It does. Flying faster because you're in the air. All right. Well, I need to talk about something we haven't addressed yet. Um, I want to talk about that sick banjo opening that we got to this episode that was just... And closing. Of... The bluegrass is yeah, crushing. You're right. It was a nice banjo sandwich that we got here that we haven't mm. talked about. Well, um, sorry. Every day we, is a banjo sandwich if you do to it. To right. pivot off of that for a second, though, this also ties into something that we were talking about a couple of episodes back on the podcast as well, which is they have that great thing where Amy and Jeb come out. Everybody's partying because they think there's a cure for the sick. And Amy says, Has everyone forgotten the sick is still out there? Again, the show. Not so subtly, but also subtly talking about the current place we are in with COVID, with the actual pandemic we're in, without making you feeling bad for feeling and talking about the real world, but using, picking these little details that we are dealing with every day and throwing into into the show when they make sense. I thought that was great. And I thought there were a couple of moments like that throughout this episode. That felt very real when that happened. It definitely yeah. snapped me out of the show for a second to like, oh, that's what uh, people say uh, here, especially when they yeah. were filming this, which was much more, um, much closer to the more lockdown pandemic. Um, yeah. Pete, well, great. Well, the group said everything depressed. we need to say. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> really fucking uh, took the fun out of that. Um, <laughs> but banjos, but, the banjos were good. Oh, banjo sandwich. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. Banjo sandwich. Yeah, I yeah, I was just impressed yeah. that we By started. By the way, did you guys, You, I was reading this in the Times, actually. There's a new COVID variant called banjo sandwich. Oh, mm. man. Yeah, it's Sounds real bad. excellent. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, you got to play the banjo to get better? Is that mm-hmm. how it works? Yeah. yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. That's a great you idea. Banjo for a, your way out of, out of sickness. Can't banjo your way out of this one, Pete. Ah, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> One who says, I'm going to be able to banjo my way out of this, and then you'll all be sorry. <laughs> you know? well, Pete's trying to banjo his way out of it. Uh, I thought it was interesting at the top of the episode, um, Jeppard and uh, Amy are t- together talking, and they're like, I only met you yesterday. And I was like, oh, right. The, this show is – the timeline is super compressed. Mm-hmm. Like they did just meet yesterday. All of this stuff still happened. Uh, so recently for them they're on the run they need to go back there immediately like it feels like everything's so entrenched but it's actually like so active yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so I that's also interesting think, uh, sorry i just wanted to say an additional thing about that that i was struck in this episode in particular and i think they turned it enough by the end of the episode but i started to feel like Man, we're four episodes in, and these kids are still in the zoo. We still need to get everybody together. And obviously, we have half the season to go. But I was starting to feel a little like the, the previous season went so many places. It was this epic journey. Every episode felt like we're exploring a new version of the world. And this season feels smaller and tighter, even though yeah. we are visiting some other places and getting to see Factory Town, and yeah. we're getting to it's see what's Factory going Town. on with the Air Buddies and everything. The Air so, Buddies. Yeah. Um, so we do get to see some other places, but it's not 
not exploring in the same way, but I do think we get a very clear mission and things open up in a big way in the second half of this episode that made me feel a little better about that. Yeah, I mean, once you break out of Shawshank and get your moment, I mean, the world mm-hmm. is your oyster. We're going to see a lot. Well, of we're that. heading to Lemire City, a clear reference to Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Lemire. Lemire. Yeah, said that a bunch of times. Um, but, but yeah, are you guys feeling that at all? I, I wonder, not to get back to the COVID of it all, but I do wonder if there were certain... COVID or budget limitations or something like that, where they're like, hey, we got to we got to tighten this up a little bit just in terms of scope of the action. To me, it's like just a very different type of pacing. The first season was like a lot of big moves as we're telling sort of this longer backstory underneath it at the same time. But it was like the front journey. And this we met over the course of the first season, we met all these characters. So now they have just so much more, so many more people to follow. So we're just moving all these pieces down the board a little bit uh, at the time, bringing them together for sort of the the uber narrative to to become one, to combine, I guess. Uh, so I think it's just a different pacing style of telling the story. It's it's also much more serialized this season. Not that it wasn't the last season, but it felt more episodic because of those places. So, yes, take maybe. It easy. We're halfway. Take it easy. Sure. We'll see what uh, happens. I, I'm just, I started to get worried. And again, I was fine by the end of the episode, but I started to get worried a little bit that this was a second season that isn't leaving it all on the table. You know, that it was right. like, well, we're going to deal with the battle for the Essex County Zoo and that's where we end up. But what I really loved, and I think what we all loved about the first season is how big it went and how far it went in this yeah. story. It felt like wow, how were, maybe they have like a couple of episodes left and this one to me is feeling more like the long play of, okay, maybe we won't finish this up by the end of season two and they'll be setting up season three and season four and season five, which given the current TV atmosphere always makes me nervous for a show. Yeah, yeah, because you never really know. Uh, but I, I I do think I was feeling the same way about specifically the kids. Like it feels like they're just always in the room being like, what are we going to do now? And it, that was going on here again until Gus literally runs out the door, <laughs> yes. breaking the, the pattern up there. Really like full horn uh, antler to the stomach or leg to the for that dude. Yeah, he tore out. up. Yeah, that one guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was that's, Hulk, right? Or did he get Hulk or did he get uh, Workaholics? <laughs> I, I think he got I Hulk. Okay. I can't tell. Well, and then Workaholics got zapped um, in the in the balls. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would like to talk a little bit about like how, you know, yeah, lying is bad, but it was a little messed up how Wendy just kind of threw Gus on her, like, oh yeah, this fucking asshole's lying to you guys. And then she was on their side and then everybody just turned their back on Gus. Like, I understand like, yeah, you can't lie, but like, it's not like, you know, I mean, he's trying to keep moods light and, you know, we're trapped in prison here, you know? So I was a little heartbroken that everybody was so quick to be like, Hey, Gus, Fuck you, you know? Well, let me throw this out at you. Do you, and this is driven home in this episode, Wendy was raised by Amy. And what Amy does to Jep is about even to what Wendy does to Mm. Gus. Ooh, yeah. Wow, nice. So I do think there's a consistency there in terms of how they've been raised. Yeah, well, how, how they deal with things. 
Well, and but without Gus, the leadership in the hybrid room is well. Is yeah, but chaos. yeah, but I know, how are you going to storm a castle without the big man? You know what I mean? You're just benching mm-hmm. the best player. That's a dumb move. Like I understand why she did it emotionally, but like strate- strategically, that was a really dumb move. Well, and I think she was very upset, but I think sure, eventually yeah, they'll come back together when he goes and drives his truck a long ways or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I think that was also to get Bobby out of there so he can tell them where the animal kids are. I think how, he's prob- probably going to be there. How hard do you think they wrote to m- get that Shawshank moment? I feel like the idea from the story came from, like, what if we had a Muppet doing a Shawshank moment and then they were You mean before else? season one, right? Like, That's that right. was the yeah. pitch in the room? The series. And they yeah. were like, first of all, here's $100 million. Second of all, how do you get there a season and a half in? Because, yeah. by the way, we wanted a season and a half in. Right. Do you th- do you think right. they shot him crawling through like a shit pipe? <laughs> yeah, they did. Because I, I wanted the voiceover. I wanted the voiceover to come in when he started to do the. You know, mm-hmm. he crawled through. The, you know, they should have really let it drag on no longer. And the animal kids asked for like some sort of animal kid Rita Hayworth poster to put on the walls oh, and hide it. Yeah, oh, that's so many ideas there. We got to remake this show. Um, what we we got to watch Shawshank Redemption, I think. <laughs> that's the real answer. Because we clearly don't know what's going on. Uh, one thing we should probably mention that's a big plot point is the group of three now knows about the cure, and they want to meet with Abbott. He's got a plan here for what's going to happen. What do you – that doesn't sound good. No, right? it doesn't. Cause especially because no. when we saw the three, they wanted nothing to do with this guy. thought he was clearly out of his gore. Well, and also the fact no, that he – Leave it closed, Pete. Leave it closed. Come on, again. man. We're at time. No, what, we're what not time? time. What does that mean? Twenty minutes in is when we open the candy. That's what that's, we've been doing the whole time. No, you're the kid. Is. You're the kid at the holidays who's like, we said we were opening presents at four a.m. and it's like, no one said that. Yeah, no one said that. We're doing it when we get up. Yeah, hold uh, on, hold on. We're almost there. We're almost there. Now I forgot what I was going to say, so I Good. hope you're happy. Now I'm going to say something that is stupid instead. Okay. When we first met the Air Lords, I was like, this is Tailspin. These people are all the characters <laughs> from Tailspin. And that's really what I thought, Wait, and that's what it Bear, reminded me of. Is Bear... Uh... Oh, wait. Yo, look, Pete lost it because he's got candy. <laughs> I'm brain. trying to put. Is Bear yum yum for my tub <laughs> thumb? No. Is bear, <laughs> is bear, am I Bear? Candy Bear. I'm a candy bear. <laughs> the uh, While you're figuring out whatever you were going to say, Pete, a couple of things that I'll mention. I, I really. So just talking about the Rescue air Rangers. for a second. Oh, that's we do have this moment where Jep is drawn into conflict by this dude and beats him up. That felt a little stagey to me, to be honest, that this dude was just railing on Jepper in the middle of this whole thing. Particularly when he's yeah. like, oh, you destroyed that guy right on the field. That's literally poking the bear there, right there. That's going on. Um, But otherwise, I like this group. This is a fun, ridiculous, post-apocalyptic group to have people who are based on planes. They also seem like doofuses. There's that moment later on where they're just being very intensely walking down their storage area and somebody drops all of the canisters in the background. But I thought it was very fun. Um, This is jumping over to another thing. But one of my favorite lines of the episode is when Ronnie is talking to Johnny and they're just going back and forth, back and forth. And then there's a pause in the conversation. And uh, Abbott's like, you good? 
Yeah. <laughs> that whole dinner scene was wild between the Dudley stuff and all of it. I, it was just like a fun scene. This show is capable of just taking on a different tone and having this like sort of funny, weird, but with an edge. Also heartwarming scene in the middle. It's, it's cool. That yeah. whole gargoyle moment was uh, also really intense. And cool. Yeah, set up like a, a Seinfeldian uh, code word. Yeah. And it happens She's to be gargoyle. Like already in too deep. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love that. Just having her say it immediately, that yeah. just really drove a light under Ronnie's like, please, we need to get out of there, yeah. get out of here. And Singh can't, like he can't yeah. do it. If she said it in the middle of the meal, it wouldn't matter either because it's already in too deep. And to talk about like the tension between them and then we can move on to the candy for real. That's like five, like five or ten more. Come on, dude. Well, when they're getting ready for bed as well, like they're just on different paths. I think at this point where there is no world where we end the season where Ronnie and Singh are together. Yeah, they're going to you think they're going to get a a divorce. Yeah, I think it's going to be the first (laughs) post-apocalyptic divorce. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do you think divorce is like in the post-apocalypse it's uh, like hey just go we'll just walk away from each other it's yeah. fine you don't have to like Literally, no we really want to file the paperwork yeah we got to split up our stuff you can't carry your stuff none of your stuff yeah. you can't eat any that, of your butt stuff it's not gonna fit in the, your bindle your your divorced bindle um i did want to say the um moment uh the moment sing is like waiting for the cure that really worked on me that was really well done yeah, like it the, it's great science moment i thought um, but then, like, him finding the cure was very underplayed. No one was very excited for him. I I really thought that Abbott was going to inject himself immediately and be like, I'm the first yep. person who gets it. But I think they're instead putting it into play for some moment later on. Whatever he's doing with the group of three ties into that, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the other thing I want to say is the narrator – it's really hitting the platitudes. Yeah. Like I want some more hard information from James Brolin here. He's I just like, agree. We, yeah, it's a little, I've had enough of him being like the thing with roads is they're always taking you somewhere. I'm like, I know dude. I yeah. know what we joked about this the last season about him just sort of waking up and rolling over and saying some stuff. And then we found out from Jim Mickle, the uh, showrunner that he's super into it. Like he loves yeah. doing the narration, really thinks about it a lot, but definitely this season is a lot of like, what what does this have to do with what's going on? I'm not yeah. like we don't have to have the narrator if it doesn't make <laughs> any sense. That's hundred percent right. Yeah, All All right. I did well, like the I oh, did yeah. like the line "Welcome to the cheap seats, big man." That was a fun line. Yeah. Why don't we move on to the candy? We are going to talk about, as we mentioned, a classic peanut M and M's here. Ooh, what's inside? Let's find them. out. Let's find I, out what's I am inside. Curious before we even get to it, and you can open it up and eat stuff while you want, beep, but. We talked about what we were going to eat here, and we were like, okay, what kind of M&M's? Because there's a lot of different flavors, but there's, you know, there's the basic chocolate M&M, peanut M&M. I think now in the rotation, you got your peanut butter M&M's and then flavors. Yeah, well, but, like, that's the standard. Like, they have that all the time now. Yeah, Um, Yeah, because, Alex, you eat all the fucked up M&M's, right? All the time. Whenever I see a weird M&M, I'm all over that, but... Why peanut M&M's, Pete? Why was that your number one choice? You were so sure of that above regular M&M's. Peanut M&M's is the best of the M&M's. Yes, I mean, I figured that based on you chose it, but why (laughs) is it the best one? Well, I'm getting there. I've tried all the M&M's all the time, um, and they're just a better combination. Like, the chocolate ones are nice, but they're too chocolatey as far as they don't add anything else. With peanut, you're getting peanut and chocolate. 
and even the ones that have peanut butter in there is not as good. The caramel ones are nice, but the peanut M&Ms, it's just such a great ratio of chocolate and peanut. Hmm. It's a perfect combination. I've never heard you speak with such uh, succinct eloquence and confidence, Pete. So, <laughs> bravo. So big reveal. There's a peanut inside of this peanut. <laughs> ah! Spoiler. Um, I agree. I think peanut M&Ms are the best M&Ms. Interesting. Uh, the only other M&M I like is if you take a regular M&M and they're very cold, like you leave them in your winter coat pocket and like go outside, mm-hmm. then or you pull fridge. them out and eat them. Or a fridge. I've never chilled anything in a fridge. Is that like being outside in the winter <laughs> with, your, with your coat pocket? Because <laughs> that's where I put like when I get groceries, I put like the sandwich meat in my pockets and mm. like um, ice cream is harder in your pocket because it always melts. But um, How big is your pocket, anyway, man? Pretty big. And I have a crisper area in my pocket for the lettuce. Smart. <laughs> so I will, I'll always choose regular M&Ms over peanut M&Ms. I'm fine with peanut M&Ms. Interesting. But Why? The, so uh, two, two reasons. I'm fine with them, but like I don't, I can't taste the peanut. I don't feel like it adds anything necessarily to the M&M over the basic can't M&M. can taste the peanut. Are you Why? sure you're eating it? Are you just um, holding it? I usually I, I lick it. It's uh, mostly uh, peanut. You fucking uh, uh, it's almost all peanut. Yeah, yeah. I just sort of you lick the outside and then throw it away, right? That's how you yeah. eat oh the M&M. Yeah, it's like a pebble. No, but like I taste the peanut butter and the peanut butter items. I like those because I'm like, great, I'm getting a peanut butter flavor. I just don't really get it from here. And then also, this is definitely psychological and I'm sure wrong, but my feeling is always, oh, I'm going to get more M&Ms in the regular M&M package than in the peanut M&M package because they're too large. Oh, man. What are you, six? (laughs) That's not how it works. What? You're like trying to game the system? Like, I need the most candy for my buck. Probably, yes. Yeah, why not? Got a good deal. Peanut M&Ms are hardier. It's going to be a bigger more meal. Of a meal. More <laughs> yeah. of your meal M&M. Right. Yeah, if you're hungry and you want more, you get more from the peanut M&Ms. Again, they're totally fine, good candy, but I will always reach for regular M&M. I do have a question. I've never done this, and I've always thought about doing this, and then what I forget. What is broken inside your brain that you're like, I don't want these things to taste better. I, I like peanuts, and I like M&Ms. I just... Stop mixing them. Stop putting peanut. Put peanut butter in my chocolate. Don't put peanut in my chocolate. What if we took a regular M&M and taped a little peanut to it? (laughs) I'd be way more into that because free tape. Yeah. (laughs) What are you? Are you out of money, man? You need more money. (laughs) I've spent all my money on this podcast. (laughs) Believe that. Wait, I do have a question though. Uh, So because this is a classic, and I've never done it, and I'm curious if you guys have ever done it. Have you ever put uh, M&Ms in the popcorn at uh, movie theater? Is that good? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yes. Okay. Hell yeah. Are you kidding me? Would never. Oh my Do you God, also but... put butter sauce on it? Oh yeah, you do. Uh, that's... What are you trying to die? Are you yeah. uh, this is insane? <laughs> no wonder you see movies alone because you're mixing a whole candy mess in your popcorn bag. Oh man. And then I get that kind of like white cheddar you can sprinkle on top. Oh, come on. I couldn't well, even sit next to you if you were eating that. That's how, how much we, that would without me. without talking about the specific candies that we've already done on the podcast, because I should mention, I don't think I mentioned this the last episode. Eventually, we're going to have to decide on the syrup cup round two, the best candy of the season. Um, how are you feeling about peanut M and M's? It sounds like you like them. Do you feel like they're highly ranked, middle ranked, low ranked? Well, I t- mean, let's talk about what we've had. As so far as we go backwards, Cadbury cream bag. I peanut just M&Ms. said we're not doing that. You just said don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I want to do this. Yeah. So uh, for me, peanut M&M is better than the Cadbury. 
Hmm. I'm looking right, yeah, right into your eyes, uh, Zalbs, because I know you guys... I, I'm not going to rank them, so I actually, that's fine. I'm, but you're, you're already doing this. So you got Cadbury cream eggs, you got peanut M&Ms, you got, uh, we did Sour Patch Kids. Yes, right. No, wait, what did yep. we do with Warheads? It was Nerds versus Warheads. Nerds. We did Nerds, yep. and we did Twizzlers, right? Was that the first one? That sounds right. Mm, sure, there, there you go. Probably. Ones in there. No, that was season one. No. Oh, yeah. season one. Yeah. Oh, season um, one. Yeah. Let me say, uh, I think I don't like candy. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible revelation halfway through the season for a podcast. Hearing you listen, fun with this. Hearing you list those things, I mean, it's fun. Hearing you list those things, I'm like, I never buy any of that stuff, nor do I eat it. So, well, I'll tell you so, what. Um, I talk what to we myself when have I done walk this episode, into- and so we can do next episode, is a nice lasagna. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. When I go I to a grocery savory store. Savory men. When I go to a grocery store, I got to have a talk with myself to be like, don't just go right to the candy aisle and buy everything. You can't do that. Really? That's a huge surprise based on how you've been treating this podcast where I say, hey, do you have time to do a Sweet Tooth podcast? And the first thing you text back is, what candy are we doing? Not That's right, because now I'm like, now I can get something from the candy aisle. And you set a mental clock where it's like, well, I've talked for 19 minutes. It's time to start (laughs) opening the candy. It's candy time. Candy time. Well, anyway, there we go. Yet another great episode of Sweet Tooth and another great episode of our Candy Review podcast. If you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. Apple, Spotify. Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter. Comic Book Club Live. On TikTok and Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, the candy men can. And each bag of M&M's has one with a pebble in the middle of it, right? (laughs) You got to be careful about that one. Yep. I'm the opposite. I I think I love candy too much, Justin. I'm the opposite of you. Oh, really? (laughs) 